Chronicles is what I mean. So if you found 2 Chronicles chapter 18, would you stand with me in honor of God's word? 2 Chronicles chapter 18, verse 7. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. For he never prophesied good unto me, but always evil. The same is my Kai, the son of Imlah. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. And we'll stop there. Let's go to a couple others, um, mainly Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. The book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed to this world. I want to talk for a few moments about letting go of the world. Letting go of the world. Would you pray with me, Father in heaven? We thank you this morning for your blessings, your goodness, your mercy, and your grace, your faithfulness. God, we thank you this morning for all that you've done for us. Thank you for your presence that we've felt here in this morning in this service already. And Father, now as we look into your word, would you challenge us? to a deeper and a closer walk with you. And Father, give us a freedom and a liberty this morning. Give us the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Going back to Second Chronicles, the king from the north came down to bring an, uh, an alliance with the king of the south, and they were going up against the Assyrians, against the enemy of Israel. And he said, you know, they've already had 400 other prophets. And Jehoshaphat said, isn't there one more? Haven't you got one more? I've already got 400 opinions. And they all said, yeah, go up, you'll win. And he said, that king of Ahab said, yeah, there's one. There's one, but I hate him. My K.I., I hate him because he prophesies evil against me. But you know what? He was right. My K.I. was right. You can find... 400 other preachers that'll tell you what you want to hear, that'll tell you how you ought, you know, you could live any way you want to live, but I've got an obligation to tell you what's right, folks, and what's in the Word of God. If I don't preach the truth, I can be the most dangerous man in your life, okay? And we got to stick with this book. So I want to talk about letting go of the world. Romans, Paul says in Romans, be not conformed to this world. Now, is it talking about the physical dirt, the earth? No, he's talking about the world system. What we find going on in this world, we don't have to be a part of. We don't have to. We live here, but we live, we're really citizens of another world. We're just strangers and pilgrims. We're just passing through, right? I don't have to be a part of what goes on. I don't have to be a part of the modern styles and, and all of, of that the, uh, the worldly entertainment and things like that. I don't have to be a part of it. And so I want to talk about letting go 
of the world. You know, when we repent, when we got saved, we became, we, we were, what happened to us is the blood of Jesus washed us from our sins, but we repent means we take a different direction. So I'm walking one way in sin uh, and with the world, and when I repented, I made a change in direction. I start to go the other way. There's a change in me. That's what repentance is. It's no more drifting downstream. It's easy to drift downstream. Any dead fish can drift downstream. It takes a live one to swim upstream. And so it's a change of direction. But at that same time, you can't go both directions at the same time. You can't follow the world and follow God at the same time. I'd have to be split in half to go half of me go this way and half that wouldn't be right. That wouldn't be good at all. But you can't follow both. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and serve the world. And so what happens as a result of our, our spiritual conversion, our, our be, being saved, getting saved, giving our heart to the Lord, is that you enter into a spiritual battle that you never had before. Now there's a battle, a spiritual battle between the world, the flesh, the devil, and the kingdom of God. And which will you follow? Which will win? So a combination of the world, the flesh, and the devil fighting against the kingdom of God. And so you have to decide where you're going to be. Which one will it be? And the key to this is crucifying the flesh. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ living within me. He's living inside of me. And so I have got to crucify this flesh. And he still keeps coming back, but I have to keep crucifying him. It's the flesh that wants to do wrong. It's the flesh that wants to follow the world. It's the flesh that wants it's the flesh that wants all the things of the world. But I have to crucify him. That means this old flesh, Bob Jeffries has got to be crucified daily. It's no longer what I want, it's what Christ wants. It's what God wants. It's his will in my life. So let's look at about three different things of these when it talks about the Word of God, talks about the world. Number one, we find from John, 1 John 2.15. The book of 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15 says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Number one is, don't love the world. Come on, it's quiet in here this morning. <laughs> Don't love the world. You know, when, when uh, my wife and I first got together and I fell in love with her, I want to spend time with her. You know, I want to spend, you know, with a, when you love something, you want to spend time. You have a hobby that you enjoy, you love, you want to spend time doing that. You, you love things and you want to spend time with them. And so, you know, Satan, it's the same thing with the world. In Satan's kingdom, if you love the world, you want to spend time doing the things of the world. And God's word says, love not the world. Satan's kingdom is the world, 
and it opposes God's kingdom. But here, and we find in 1 John 2.16, a satanic trio that works against us. In 2.16, it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the Talking about the eyes. That's what enters into this body, is through the eye gate. And then the lust of the flesh, and also the pride of life. So the lust of the flesh, that's the carnal side of us. And you know something? The nature that you feed is the nature that will grow. If you feed that carnal nature on the things of the world, the carnal nature will grow. But if you feed the spiritual man on spiritual things, the things of God, your spiritual man will grow. It's up to you. It's up to you. And so the lust of the eyes is the gate which the world reaches that flesh. And the pride of life is what causes a person to rebel and disobey God. We see it at work in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. It was the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He said, you'll be as God's. Look at the fruit. You tasted of the fruit, and you will be as God knowing good and evil. We see it at work in Christ in the, in the wilderness when the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness and said, look at all the kingdoms that can all be yours, appealing to the flesh. So it's impossible to serve both. You can't do it, folks. And he says, don't love the world. In Second uh, Timothy, he talks about Demas. Demas left him. Because he loved the world. His love was rooted in the world, and he eventually turned back. You know, when your love is in the things of the world, you will turn back to the world. You've got to let go of the things of the world. So he starts with, don't love the world. And then the second one is, separate from the world. We've got to come out from among them and be separate and be different. This is where we lose a lot of people because they don't want to be different. They don't want to be separate. But that's what God's Word says. Come on, come out from among them. Be different. But I don't want to stand out. But yeah, that's what God's calling you to do. Be different. That's why we talk about holiness. The Old Testament story about the Amalekites and Saul is because the Amalekites were a type of the flesh. And Samuel, through God, God told Samuel to tell Saul he was to kill them, annihilate them all. And what did Saul do? He brought back some of the herds, the cattle. We're going to offer them for sacrifices. Brought back the king of the Amalekites that he wasn't supposed to do. He was to annihilate them all. There's times God wants us to annihilate, to, to crucify this flesh. We've got to separate ourselves. You know the problem with Lot's wife? The angel told him, said, get out of Sodom. God is going to bring judgment, but don't look back. Everything she loved was still in Sodom. She loved it 
whether it was the nightlight, the attention, the popularity, all that she had there was all being destroyed, and her heart was still in Sodom. She loved it. We've got to separate ourselves from the world. Folks, this is part of holiness. Come out and be separate. Come out and be different. There's a story told about back in the horse and buggy days, way before I was born, obviously. And there was a drunk man in that town that got saved. Gave his heart to the Lord, but, you know, the whiskey had such a hold on him. And it was the preacher told him, said, you know what you need to do? Find a new hitching post. He was so used to going back to the same hitching post in front of that in front of that bar. He said, you need to find a new hitching post. You know what, folks? When you give your heart to the Lord, things are changed. You can't anymore be the same. You can't follow the same worldly crowd. You can't follow the same things of the world. world you've got to find a new hitching post. You've got to find there's some new things. I'm a new creature. Old things are passed away. They're gone. And I now have to separate myself. This is what we talk about holiness. I'm laying the groundwork here, folks, for this. You know, there's 400 other preachers and more that will tell you, oh, no, you don't have to change. You don't have to live like that. That's not what my Bible tells me. He says, love not the world. Then he says, don't. you got to come out from them and be separate from the world. And then the third one is, don't conform to the world. And we find that, you know, being conformed to something is to be similar, similar in form to, to or character. And to be similar in form or character to them. You know, the disciples were, were like Jesus. And they started calling them Christians. Because they were just like Christ. They had conformed to him. But you know, a person that conforms to the world, they just say, they accept all the things of the world, all the world system, all of that, all the styles. And you know, and that world will be like a vacuum pulling you back. You know something, folks? Compromise is a slippery slope. Because the devil wants you back. He's not worried about the world. He's already got them. It's you that he doesn't have. And so here's a, there's such a temptation to come back and to conform again to the things of the world. And he says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. You've got to be changed. There's got to be a change. Sometimes we've got to put a distance between us and the world if you're going to let go of it. It's like Joseph in Potiphar's house. When Potiphar's wife started making advancements on Joseph, you know what he did? He ran from it. And that's why it says flee fornication, run from it. When it comes to sin, we've got to run from it. When it comes to the things of the world, the peer pressure, all that, sometimes we've got to run from it. Don't be afraid to stand alone, come on, because you got to stand up for what's right if we're going to be Christians. Come on. Don't be conformed. Be transformed. 
I want to live for Christ. That's why I can't be conformed to the world. And you know, here he gives the cue or the key, the key to this. It's by the renewing of your mind. You've got to change your thinking, folks. You've got to change your thinking. Because now I want to be pleasing to God. Now that I'm saved, I want my life to be pleasing to Him. So I can't be conformed to this world. I've got to change my thinking. I'm going to, and that transformation is going to be showing up in the way that you look, the way that you talk, the way you act. It's going to show up in areas of your life when you are transformed. There's something about that, that larva or whatever that spins, that, that caterpillar that spins a cocoon and comes forth as a butterfly. Total transformation takes place, folks. It's no longer a caterpillar. It then becomes a butterfly. There's no part of the caterpillar that you could see anymore. It's totally transformed. You know what? In our lives, he wants to transform us, to change you in the image of Christ, but you can't be in the image of the world at the same time. At some point, you've got to let go of the world. You've got to let go, folks. You've got to let go. I don't know if Cassandra can come back to the piano or not. Got the baby asleep there. But you know what? As the chorus says, take this whole world. Give me Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I won't be turned back. I won't turn. Don't love the world. Come out from among them and be separate. Don't be conformed to this world. I, you know, I, that's why as a pastor, I've got to guard so much about the, for this church, make sure we don't become a worldly church. Folks, a worldly church is a powerless church. A worldly church is powerless. There's enough of them. There's 400 others that you could find that'll tell you, you don't have to change. You can live like the world. You can live like the devil. You can go to church on Sunday and be a Christian on Sunday and live like the world the rest of the week. It doesn't work that way, folks. It doesn't work. That's why I've got a guard upon, because you can hear, oh, but the church down the road lets them do it. Not here. I've got a guard against that. A worldly church is a powerless church. The power of God is not there. And so, you know what? you got to settle it in your mind. I'm going to live for God. And that means, sure, holiness sometimes is not easy. But if I make up my mind, I'm going to live holiness... It's a whole lot easier. And when I realize I've got to let go of the world, I can't love the world. I've got to separate from the world, and I can't be conformed to it. It will help you to live holiness. Would you stand with me?